With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, hockey fans. Welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I am Mark Warner along with Chris Lisa out on Long Island. We've got a good show for everybody today. We had a weird week in Vegas Golden Nightland. I have a couple thoughts on that. We have special guest Jamison Olive, who's the co-host of the Florida Panthers official podcast and web reporter for the team. He's going to come on and we're going to talk a little bit about Florida Panthers making this run towards a playoff position. And then we're going to go around the league, look at look at all the changes in the bottom of the conferences where where the playoff seedings are stacking up, who might finish where, and we'll finish out the show with that. You guys can find us on your iTunes podcast app, Blog Talk Radio, SoundCloud. You could go to Russ Cohen's Sportsology page, and we're over there. Uh, Grandstand Sports Net and the Hockey Writers also carry the show. Uh, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are captured, you can find our show, The Vegas Hockey Podcast. You can find chris on twitter at the nl king let me welcome chris into the show chris you had a little snow this week out on long island but you're doing okay now right sir yes another a little snow foot of snow but yes we are <laughs> starting to melt a little bit so uh yeah first day of spring but boom so hopefully that'll be the by the end of it you know uh you know they, the expression is winners go, comes in you know march comes in like a lion out like a lamb well i'm waiting for the lamb so um <laughs> anyway, but we're doing good. All right, yeah, all right. I was, you know, uh, yeah, doing good. But uh, I was, uh, you know, concerned to see uh, with Mr. Mark Andre taking the taking a puck to the to the helmet, I, I believe, and and then obviously very relieved uh, of what came out of that. Supposedly, we, you know, Vegas dodged a bullet, and Mark Andre dodged a bullet, especially with his history. Someone has to explain to me, though, why he's getting on a plane for an afternoon game, or he got on a plane for an afternoon game today and then coming right back home. I know he's cleared every test and all, but that just doesn't seem to make a heck of a lot of sense. It's going to be home for a while um, to finish finish the regular season. And, you know, uh, we were just off the air talking baseball real quick. Joe Girardi, the ex-Yankee manager, used to have a good, good rule about injuries of, you know, when someone was coming back from injury or dealing with an injury and, they, and the doctor would say, okay, he's ready today, Joe would say, okay, give it one more day. And given Mark Andre's uh, history, I would have given it maybe let's give it two more days and, you know, make sure that uh, uh be extra, extra safe. I don't know how you feel about all that, but uh, – uh, Well, let me let me tell you, I think the whole thing is, is weird. First of all, um, I'm not even sure uh, what Mark Andre Fleury was doing playing that game to begin with. Let me let me go through a couple of things with you, Chris, and see if see if you're on board with me. The uh, 
Marc-Andre Fleury had played 21 of the previous 22 games. Subban had been out injured. So they've been riding him into the ground for the last month. Okay. Then when Subban comes back, right, you're trying, you got to get this guy some rest down the stretch. Uh, you don't want him going into the into the playoffs, uh, beaten up, tired, fatigued, what have you. Okay, so you look you look at the schedule. You've got Calgary on Sunday night as a four nothing win. Then then the next day Vancouver without Brock Besser. That's really a punchless team. If if you start Subban there, he needs to get a little bit of work in before the playoffs start in case Flurry does get injured. So so if if yep. If you play if you play Flurry Sunday, then you give him Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off. What's a more important game? San Jose, who starting to, to creep down and, and breathe down the knight's neck there in the division, or Vancouver, who's who's totally out of it, or Colorado, who's in a different division and and struggling to hold their wild card position. So you rest my my thought is you rest Flurry after the Calgary game, you give him one, two, three, three and a half full days of rest. He plays the San Jose game. He's not even in the net against Vancouver to get injured. Okay, that's that's number one. Then if you want to give him the other day's rest, Colorado also, you got a home and home against Colorado. You could suit Subban up for the for the today's twelve o'clock start. Then bring Flurry back for the next game at home is against Colorado. And then you've effectively given Flurry almost a whole week off at that point. The the second Colorado game is not till Monday, so the, if there was ever going to be a time to get them rest, um, the San the, the Vancouver game was the game, and then he the 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 Sinbin podcast tweeted out that after the second game his equipment had been packed and and pulled out of the of the locker room, so I, I assume that it had been put on the plane at that point for the Colorado game. Maybe anticipating he was going to travel with the team. Then he stays home. Then instead of now you could just go with Subban and in today's 12 o'clock start, leave him at home until the home game against Colorado on Monday, still giving him more rest. Like you said, um, no, you put him on a plane and fly him out. I'm not, I haven't heard officially whether he's playing today, but if they do fly him out to Colorado and he doesn't start and he's just backing up Subban, well, that's just, I mean, ludicrous, right? I don't, I don't even understand why he was in the Vancouver game at this point of the season. And then he gives an interview and I put it out on Twitter and they asked him what was going on with it. And he gave uh, a little tongue in cheek response that, his DVR was broken and Friday they had a all day marathon of the days of our lives. So he needed to stay home and watch that before catching a plane and uh, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the whole thing seems kind of weird to me how the whole thing went shook out. He got hit in the puck in the first period, came back, played the second period and then missed the third period. Um, and then doesn't travel with the team and then does travel with the team. And then he wants to talk about, uh, I was watching the days of our lives marathon. So I, I don't know, Chris, you, you're, I, I don't think he should have even been in the Vancouver game at this point. Um, I don't know your thoughts on that, but that certainly would have alleviated this issue that we've had for almost a week now. I think you bring up some... Sorry about oh, that. <laughs> I think you bring up 
no worries. I think you bring up uh, excellent points, and I agree with you wholeheartedly across the board. Uh, you know, last week when we had Dan Harrigan on, the one thing, right? Absolutely. We were all big fans of John Cooper, but the one, his one bugaboo is how he seems to handle his goalies. And Ex- how much absolutely. he rides is number one. And, you know, based on what you're telling me, you know, all Gundry Fleury is 32 going on 33. and With a lot of hockey under his belt. But, but he's played a lot of hockey. A lot of hockey. A lot of playoff games. And if, you know, Vegas has been in a comfortable position. I mean, it's not like Vegas is winning games with mirrors where, you know, you're like, wow, how did they, you know, Fleury stole, stole another game from uh, that No, they're that a good night. hockey club. I mean, yeah, so, and Subban's played well. So there's, you know, we're, I'm not saying that it should be a 50-50 split, and neither are you, but, you know, somewhere along the way. Now, I, who who backed up when Fleury didn't go? Who was the, who backed up um, for Subban? Uh, Dansk, I believe, because I saw uh, they sent Oscar who, Dansk back uh, this this okay, morning or late last early night. In the year. Right, so he who showed earlier in the year that he's capable of playing uh, on the NHL level. So I, I, I don't understand why Mark Andre Fleury would be playing 21 out of 22 games. That makes that makes no sense. And, you know, it's funny when you talk about Vasilevsky being a tired goalie, He's played much more so, but he's a lot younger, but he's never played as many games. I mean, they won the other night against the Islanders, but they gave up, he gave up six goals. I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on. But yeah. I, I'm with you. I mean, I know it's a fine line, right? You want to keep him fresh and ready and raring to go, but you also need to give him enough rest. So the, with Subban back, there's no excuse um, There's no excuse for the, between now and the next couple of weeks. I mean, he should be playing at most 50% of the games. But to me, especially with his concussion issue, getting him on a plane and going to Colorado of all places, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I believe going to the thin air after you had a concussion is not an ideal situation as well. Um, Again, I understand he was cleared and all that, but you know what? At that point, just say, look, we only have one more game on the road trip, and then we're going to be home for a bunch. Let's just play Let's play it extra, extra safe, given the guy's medical issue. Yeah, the most important game of the whole week was the San Jose game. And they somehow found a way to not have their best goaltender in the net. And and no no offense to Subban. He made 42 saves in the San Jose game, I think. And uh, they got a point out of it. So, I mean, that's a good point for the Knights to get. But the only game that, that Fleury hasn't played in since January, I believe, was the second game of the Kings home-and-home home, uh, where the Kings beat the Knights – three to two in LA and then legacy Max and legacy played the game two, which was a four to one loss. Every other game has been flurry. So I, I think, and trust me, Jargalon's got to be coach of the year. He's done a fantastic job. The team's totally bought in a hundred percent and, you know, Gallant's the right coach at the right time and deserves the coach of the year award. That doesn't mean that, that I, I can't call it like I see it and say we might be riding Flurry too heavy and burning them out before we For get to the reason? playoffs. I don't know yeah, what, what reason. reason. Are you I, yeah. I, I don't know where the, yeah. and then when you when you look at the standings, you know, at, at the time San Jose was like twelve points back, ten points back, eleven points back. Um if 
I, I understand you're, you, you're in first place in the division, but with the, with the team 10, 11 points back, whether Winnipeg pa- passes them or not, and today they're tied at 100 points each, I think that the Knights would have the tiebreaker there due to regulation overtime wins, 44 to 43. Well, it doesn't matter. They'll be, they would be the highest seed. They would they'd be, absolutely. They're division the, winner. And, and it wouldn't matter in, unless the Knights somehow make it to the conference finals and Winnipeg somehow makes it to the conference finals. So having Winnipeg. the highest seed. It'd still be the highest seed. The, they, they would have home ice due to the division championship. Okay, so the yeah, only teams that you're looking seed. at the two that would matter would be the San Jose Sharks. And somehow they managed yeah. to, to uh, give them a point, and now the Sharks are only seven points back. They've whittled into that, that lead by five points since late last week. So I, I think yeah, there's some mismanagement there. I, I don't so. think I don't th- I, I I still think that the Knights um, have a good favorable schedule. After today, their next four games are on home ice. So San Jose is going to have to. They've won six in a row. They might have to win six more in a row to make that up. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I just I don't know. The whole thing seems weird to me. Not handled well. That's not handled. Sure. I I don't I I mean we're not saying of those twenty two games the Flurry should only play, you know, twelve of them. We're just saying of those twenty two instead of playing twenty one out of twenty two, could he play seventeen or sixteen of them? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, and they've been on and since the Kings home and home and then two days off against Ottawa, which was the first week in March, they've been on an every other day schedule the entire month. The only the only aberration is going to be um, next weekend. They have St. Louis and San Jose back to back, but both those games are at home. Every other every other game in the month has been checkerboard, day on day off, day on day off, day on day off. So if you sneak in a day off on the Detroit game, you're building in a, a three day rest between Columbus and Buffalo. If you rest him against you're breaking up there, Mark. Mark, you're breaking up. Yeah. Mark? Chris, you got me? Uh, not yet. A little bit, not yet. Okay, how are we doing? Is this, is this any better? Go ahead. Okay. Yes. Well, any, any, just to make a point. I'm sorry, you're breaking up again. You're breaking up again. So all we can do is... Yeah, you're still... You're still... Hello? You're still broken up. Hello? Uh, getting closer. Getting closer, That's all I got. That's all you got. You kind of... You broke it. Hopefully you kind of clear. broke it up there. Hopefully it'll yeah, you're broken up. A little bit, Chris. Let's move. No, I, I hear you. I'm broken up. It's uh, it's all I can do. I don't have any other options. If they can take three out of four of those to get to 106 points, oh, I think back. the Knights are, are good with the division. What do you think? Yeah, they're going to be fine. I mean, unless San Jose basically runs the table in the end these next two weeks and and. Vegas has a real bad two weeks. They're going to be fine in terms of winning the division, but 
again, I'm looking at the big picture, and you know, they, you know, unfortunately, you know, Flurry is a guy from a combination of the, how much he's played in his career to having um, more of a concussion issue than than others. Uh, he has to be handled a little bit more with care. I mean, that's what it comes down to. No, I agree 100%. So, joining us now from the Florida Panthers official podcast, Territory Talk, is Jameson Coop. Jameson, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday to spend some time with us here on the Vegas Hockey Podcast, sir. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. So, what's the mood? Let's just, uh, what's the mood down in South Florida with the Panthers faithful? Is there starting to be some excitement amongst the, the fans in the city as they have gone on quite a nice little run since the trade deadline? I believe they're top five in the league in wins, goals against, goals for, their their special teams numbers are coming up. So, what's the mood down in South Florida around this team? Are we excited yet, or are we still in a cautious optimism phase? Uh, I'd say it's cautious excitement. Uh, it's a little bit of both. Cautious I mean, like excitement. The team's it's the team's uh, eighteen six and one since the uh, All Star break. Uh, they had that uh, historic eight game winning streak at home, which was a franchise record that really got a lot of people back in the seats. But uh, th- these are these are fans that have been burned before. I mean, a lot of these fans still they're like, you know, hey, just because they're coming back now doesn't mean they're going to come back for good. So that's been kind of the problem with the Panthers. They need sustained success because uh, you saw when they made the playoffs in 2012, they missed the playoffs the year after. They made the playoffs in 2016. They missed the playoffs the year after. This is kind of a team that just really needs to really sustain something to build success. And luckily they have the pieces now to kind of sustain that ex- success with guys like Barkov, Trocek, Huberto. But as far as the mood right now, yeah, the, the, the buzz is starting to build. They're getting a lot uh, and publicly and on the radio and on local news. They're definitely being talked a lot about, uh, uh, talked a lot about more. And uh, it's really kind of building now, but that's the thing with the Panthers. They have 10 games left. In order to keep that buzz, they've probably got to make the playoffs or at least, you know, get it down to that last game, bring it down to the wire. Well, we were talking with Dan Harris, and he's the Tampa Bay Lightning insider uh, last week, and he was really excited for the Florida Panthers. What uh, what has been, if you had to put your finger on it, since the trade deadline, they, they've been fantastic. The, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Luongo and, and Optimus Rhyme, there we go, uh, been, been <laughs> playing lights out in net for the, for this Panthers hockey club. Um, but outside of the goaltending play, which has been spectacular, what, what would you say is, has caused the team to turn around? Because since, since Gerard Gallant left and the turmoil in the front office that went on after that, it's kind of just been, let's say, ho-hum on the ice to be kind. Um, what what flipped the script for this Panthers team? For the guys, I mean, if you ask around the room, all of them just kind of said it was one word. It was consistency. And uh, that, that's something that just doesn't happen overnight because let's not forget, like you said, there was a lot of changes. Uh, at the start of the season, the guys came in, uh, a couple new faces. Obviously, Bob, head coach, a whole new coaching staff, a whole new system. Um, for the guys to learn. And there were some growing things at the beginning of the year. The, the guys were, you know, on play, they'd be out of position, they didn't know where they're supposed to be, but now that's kind of all become second nature and guys don't have to think as hard on the ice anymore because the system and the plays have become so much uh, just a part of their general game. So uh, if you look at really the biggest change, it's really been that. It's been the consistency. It's been the familiarity with the other guys and each other. But as far as individual performances go, I mean, you have to look at a guy like Alexander Barkov, who's not only one of the best two-way centers in the league, but a potential Selkie Trophy uh, candidate uh, this year. Uh, one of the best defensive forwards in the league, leads uh, all forwards in average ice time this season. First Panther to hit 70 points in over a de- in a decade since Ole Okunin did it back in 07-08. Uh, 
on pace for potentially 80 points, 30 points in 25 games since the All-Star break. This is a kid that's kind of just not only become a star, but a superstar. Because the Panthers already have some stars. They have, you know, Aaron Eckblad, former called a trophy winner. Vincent Trocek was an All-Star. He's having a great season. Jonathan Huber. They have a lot of stars and a lot of young stars. But Alexander Barkov yeah. on this team is the shining, you know, that superstar. That guy that's going to be, you know, one of the top five, ten players in the league probably for a couple of years. And that kind of like he's the focal point of the entire franchise. If you ask the guys in the room, I mean, all the guys on the team say their favorite player is Alexander Barkov. So the Panthers kind of go where he goes, and right now he's just on such an upward swing that he's really kind of be able to carry the team. Well, with Barkov and Trocek, they're very solid down down the middle at the at the top end of the of the forward core. Um, no question about that. Let me bring in my my co-host Chris Lisa, and I know he has a couple questions for you while we have you on the line, Chris. Hey, Jameson, great to have you on the show. So, um, tell us about uh, rookie coach Bob Bonier. I mean, I remember I'm old enough to remember him as a uh, kind of a solid stay-at-home defenseman, a little toughness. But uh, tell us a little bit about him and what he's brought to this uh, Panther franchise. I mean, he's he's a laid-back guy. He's, he's, he's the definition of a player's coach. The guys love him. He's got an open-door policy. Guys can come in. They can talk to him. If a guy gets scratched or if a guy's unhappy, they just walk right into Bob's office. They talk about it, and they settle it there. I mean, this, there's a very thin wall between Bob and the players. I think that's really good for this Panthers team, especially around such a group of young guys. Let's not forget that he's still a very young team with a lot of these guys. And uh, I think he's done a great job. I mean, from the moment the this, this season started, he brought his system in. He brought his coaches in. He said, this is the way we're going to do it. And the Panthers won four of their first 14 games. And you know what? He probably could have abandoned it. He probably could have panicked. He probably could have changed things up. But he said, nope, we're sticking with this. We're going to keep pushing forward. And now you see it paying off because I'm one of the guys who will you know, be the first to tell you how the Panthers have played the past three months. I mean, this is the real Panthers. Sure, there, there's still a couple holes here and there. But this kind of passion, this kind of play, these stars, these are the real Panthers. The, the Panthers at the beginning of the season were not the real Panthers. Those were guys trying to find their legs, trying to find their place in the league. But uh and now you have seen the fruits of all the labor they've done. It's pretty impressive. And uh, the guy that these guys like a lot, I know management likes him a lot. He's a guy everyone likes a lot. The media, I like him a lot. He's he's a really likable guy and I think a really good coach. And he's done a great job of building his staff, too. He's got Jack Capuano, who obviously coached for a million years with the Islanders. Uh, he runs the defense. He's got a good vet, veteran mind to have behind the bench. And, uh, just, just a couple of years over, he's kind of wunderkind in the league. He's uh, really big on the power play. He, handle, he handles the guys with their face-offs, which every guy on this team has seen uh, improvements by leaps and bounds in that area. So he's built a really good staff and a really good culture that all the guys can kind of feel free to talk about. and kind of, it, It's really laid back and loose. I think it's really positive. So, Jameson, handicap this race for us. It, it appears uh, with two weeks to go that the last spot, playoff spot in the East it's going to be a battle between the Panthers and the Devils. And, you know, while the Devils are three points up, that's the good news for Devils fans. The good news for the Panthers fans is that they have two games in hand. Now, they have to win those those games or they have to get points in those games for, to make them count. And I kind of circle today as a very big day in this race because uh, the Panthers are home tonight to play Arizona, although on, you know, Fire beware on this one for Panther fans. Coyotes, I don't know, you know, most people probably haven't noticed. The last month or so, uh, I've been the feisty team uh, on paper. I thought they might be at the beginning of the year with this young talent. And the Devils are playing a back-to-back. They're home, uh, played last night, one in Pittsburgh, and they got Tampa Bay. So, you know, I'll be curious to see how the two teams do after tonight. Uh, 
from my mind. But how do you handicap this race? Do you think it's a coin flip or it's going to come down to the last day? Unfortunately, neither team play. They don't play each other down the stretch. But uh, handicap this race for us. Yeah, the Panthers actually beat the Devils at home about a month ago, and little do we know what a big game that would be. But uh, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like you said, this was a three horse, a four horse race for a while. I mean, they were close to Columbus, they were close to Philadelphia, but after that loss in Columbus for the Panthers, it's kind of like you said, become a two horse race now between them and the Devils. And it was tough to watch the Devils get that one in overtime in Pittsburgh because the Panthers. They're still in control of their own destiny with these games in hand, but it would still be really nice to get a little bit of help. And uh, you hope their friends across the state in Tampa will help do them here tonight and take care of business to get the Devils. But uh, like you said, uh, Arizona comes in tonight. That's a much better team than people think. I mean, if 13 wins since February 8th, which is the tie for six most in the league during that span, Auntie Ranta, their goaltender, young goaltenders, won nine of his last 11 starts. They're a very different team than they were in the beginning of the first half of the season. So this is by far anything but a cakewalk for the Panthers tonight. It's going to be a tough game, a bounce-back game for them after that loss in Columbus. But uh, looking at the race as a whole, like you said, three points separate them. Panthers have two games in hand, still in control of their own team. But uh, looking ahead, there's, Panthers obviously have a – when you look at the schedule, they both have about the same difference of playoff teams versus non-playoff teams down the stretch. So uh, it's pretty much going to come down to whoever can take care of their business because uh, Panthers have to go 5-4-1 and one in these last 10 games to get to 92 points, which might be the number to get you in, if, especially if they tie. The Panthers will probably end up with the, the, the advantage there in uh, regulation and overtime wins, which is the first tiebreaker. But you, you'd like to see them get at least maybe 93-94, so that's to be better than that. So if the Panthers can go 6-3-1 six, uh, six, and one here down the stretch, I think that's a lock. Uh, but uh, five, four, and one is I think more re- realistic, which will keep it really close. And uh, strangely enough, like I said, this game might come down to the wire. It might come down to the Panthers for the last game of the season, which is going to be in Boston, which is that game that was re- rescheduled because of the blizzard early in the season. So they end their season with a back-to-back at home against Boston, and then to Boston the next day. And uh, it's it's tough to predict for the Panthers. I mean, it's all in their hands, and it's going to matter whether or not they can do it. Uh, obviously, uh, today we found out Roberto Luongo is dealing with some injuries, so he's out tonight. James Reimer's in. It's going to be kind of a thing of as well as James Reimer's played, if Luongo can't play as well as he needs to play it on the stretch, that could get the Panthers. So uh, we'll see. I mean, every game's going to be exciting, and uh, I think this really will come down to that last two games of the season, that Buffalo uh, Buffalo Bruins back-to-back they have at the end of the season. So to go from a team that was so far out of it to playing to the last game of the season, I think that's incredible already. Yeah, I mean, New Jersey's been the little engine that could all year long, and um... – you know, they've shown a lot of heart and character, too. So somebody's going to be left. A good team uh, that's played really well is going to have, not have a chair. I mean, I guess New Jersey has eight games left. Uh, I, I don't believe their schedule is brutal by any stretch of the imagination, especially after they get through tonight. I thought last night was a huge win for them. I have no bias towards the Devils, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I think the Devils, though, it wouldn't shock me if they – I mean, I think they could easily go 5-3, and three, which would put them at 94 points, uh, which means, uh, based on what, uh, that math, the Panthers would have to go 6-3 six, three, six, three and 1 and get them on the tiebreak. But uh, last question for me before I uh, let you finish up with Mark, and that is if the Panthers were to get in the second wild card, they would get the uh, the Atlantic winner which would either be Boston or Tampa, most likely Tampa. How did they, how would they match up against those teams? Is is that a, a scenario where not that they would give them a a tough time, but b a series that they could they could pull off the upset? 
Oh, I think 100% because if you watch the games they played this year, obviously the, the Lightning got the better of them in the season series. But all those games were exciting. They were high-scoring games. They were down-to-the-wire games. Most of them were one-goal games. So these are two teams that are really exciting to match up with all season. Obviously, on paper, the Lightning have a much deeper team. But when you have guys like Barkov and Trocek and guys that really powerful center, strong down the middle, it's going to be a good matchup regardless. And if you look at the goaltending battle, like I said, we don't know what's up with Luongo yet, but if it becomes a Luongo-Vasilevsky battle, I mean, there's been reports out there that, you know, Vasilevsky's wearing down a little bit. He's a young guy. This has been a lot of long season for him. He's playing a lot of games. And uh, so he, he might not have his best showing in the playoffs. So, I, I mean, like you said, with the Devils and the Panthers, whoever gets into that too, regardless, they're going to be a team that's coming to the playoffs Hawks and have to be surging down this home stretch. So I like either of those teams to have a really good playoff series, regardless of who makes it in, because it's better to come into the playoffs Hawks and be backing in. And like we've seen in years past, it really doesn't matter how you get into the playoffs or if it just matters once you get there, you're there and then anything can happen and you can win it. You can win the whole thing as an eight seed. It really doesn't matter in hockey. So I like the Panthers chances for Panthers chances for chances, regardless of who they're playing when they get in, especially with the lightning though, which obviously be the first time in franchise history, those two teams play each other across the state, which I think would be great for hockey as a whole here in the state. I know both games would be packed and sold out because fans from each side would be driving across the state to uh, catch all the games. Mark, you're broken up again. Mark? All right. Well, Mark fixes on his end. Let me finish off here, Jameson. And uh, and uh, in terms of, tell us a little, last question. Tell us about Evgeny Dandino and the and the kind and the kind of year that he's had. He has been a nice uh, nice surprise. I mean, he's he was he's been a real strong player in the KHL, but we didn't know what to expect and. He's exceeded expectations, I would say. Yeah, I mean, of getting Dadden has probably been him and Alexander Rajulov are probably the two best free agents to change teams this offseason uh, as far as just overall numbers and contributions to their team. And uh, he's been just fantastic. I mean, he's almost got 60 points this season, which would give the Panthers their first ever season with four 60-point scores. Um, he leads the team with uh, in game-winning goals. He he leads the team with 13 goals since the All-Star break. He's just been a goal-scoring machine on that top line with Alexander Barkov and Nick Bustad. And uh, when you look at what makes him so special, it's it's he, he, he doesn't necessarily cherry pick, but he does a really good job of be, always being in a good position near the blue line. That if a pass can comes his way, he can turn on the Jets and immediately cut through the opposing defense and get a breakaway. I mean, especially in recent weeks, he's just been getting breakaways. It seems like two or three a game, and uh, luckily he buries them every now and then, which has really helped the Panthers. But uh, as far as a player as a whole, I think it's uh, been one of Dale Talon's best signings since he's been here as general manager. Because let's not forget, he's only getting paid four million a year. He's going to be here for two more years after this year, and it looks like during that whole his whole stint here, he's going to be that kind of top line winger with Barkov and a guy that can score, you know, probably 30 goals because he's only got 23 goals right now this season, but he also had a 19-game goal drought, which seems like it was ages ago, and it seems like he was a completely different player back then. So this is a guy that not only had a great season this year, but, I mean, looking ahead, I think he's going to be a staple on that top line for the next two years. Well, Jameson, thank you for coming on today. And, uh, uh, again, let everyone know uh, where they can find yourself. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, at, uh, on Twitter at Jameson Coop. Or if you want to check out the Florida Panthers podcast, you can check it out at floridapanthers.com slash territory talk. And it's pretty fun. We just started it a couple of weeks. So we get a guy on and kind of peel back the veil a little bit and kind of take a look into their personal lives on and off the ice. And it's been pretty fun so far. So, yeah, floridapanthers.com slash territory talk. And you can check that out whenever you want. Well, again, thanks for coming on, Jameson. And love to uh, love to t- have you back on the podcast uh, and then, uh, sometime soon. And, uh, 
good luck to you, Panthers. It's going to be a good race between you guys and the Devils. Yeah, so it's going to be exciting. Thanks for having me on. Have a good one. Thanks, Jameson. All right, so that was Jameson Olive. Mark is fixing his connection. He'll still chime in. Uh, hey, Mark, a uh, little, little, I heard you a little bit. Yeah, it's a little, still broken up. Uh, still broken up. Uh, yeah, still broken up. Um, maybe, Mark, you can call into the show. Maybe that would be better. I, I don't know. Still broken up there. Uh, so, in ter- getting closer, but still broken up. Still broken up, Mark. Yeah, still broken up. I can't can't hear you. So, uh, if Mark can't call in, I'm just going to finish off the show with a with a few with a uh, with a couple of points. So, um, so anyway, so just to wrap up the Panthers and the Devils. Uh, again, to me, this is a big night. Uh, this Saturday night it was depending. Yeah, uh, a very, very big night uh, between the Devils and uh, and the Panthers. So Panthers have Arizona at home. Devils are at home, but they have the Lightning. So let's see where the dust clears. I mean, if the Devils were to lose tonight, for instance, against the Lightning at home in regulation, and the Panthers would get any kind of win, now all of a sudden the Panthers would just be one point back with two games in hand. So that's something to, to keep in mind. But don't sell short this Devils team. Um, I mean, last night they, you know, they, hey, Mark, uh, still broken up, but I, I, that was better. Nah, not, not really. It was better than, yeah, still a problem. So, uh, like I said, I'm just going to hit a kid on a couple points. And then we're going to wrap up the show. We'll definitely get uh, Marks in uh, straight away for next week. Sorry about the technical difficulties, everybody. Uh, uh, so let's keep an eye on that. that we'll, and we'll talk about that race next week as well. Um, in, in terms of around the NHL, it's amazing about the, the run the Blue Jackets are, are currently on. I don't have the numbers. It seems like they've, you know, they, they've gone from over the last month of a team that looks like was going to be a huge underachiever and, you know, possibly missing the playoffs to now having actually a chance to win the division. Um, they'll probably come a point or two short of that, but it's it's on the table. So what a, what a real incredible turnaround uh, for the Blue Jackets. Uh, and they have a huge game tonight uh, with uh, hosting the St. Louis Blues, which I'll get to in a couple of minutes there. And then how about the Penguins? I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, and this might be more of a problem for the team that wins the Metro Division. I mean, the bottom line is as long as Pittsburgh gets in, I'm sure they, for the most part, uh, they really don't care who they play. But they could slide to the wild card spot. You know, you have the you have the four teams pretty close. You know, Washington with a little bit of a small spread with leading the division. And then you have uh, – you have uh, Philly, Columbus, and Pittsburgh all on top of each other. Uh, it's possible that Philly and Columbus could finish ahead of Pittsburgh, and that would 
pull Pittsburgh back to the number one wild card, and they would wind up scoring the Capitals in the first round of the playoffs. And I'm sure the Capitals would be absolutely thrilled, of course, with that, because we know what happens when they play the Penguins in recent years in the playoffs. So that's something to just keep an eye on as well these last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, this week pretty much ended the season for the Calgary Flames. Um, they are cooked. I mean, they 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 had a rough week. Um, I think they've lost their last three. Uh, I mentioned the the Coyotes before. They went into Arizona again. Not that it, that's an automatic win. I believe they lost that game like five to two. Uh, so that you know where they're at in the standings, uh, being a few points behind at 80 points. And then they had a must-win game at home uh, the other night against the Anaheim Ducks. And they lost four nothing. So, what really hurts for Calgary, uh, what's insult to injury, as they say, is not only will they miss the playoffs, but remember, they do not have their first or second round picks this year, which obviously not making the playoffs are going to make those picks even more precious, if you will. Remember, those two picks, along with their second round pick uh, next year, were traded to the New York Islanders in the Travis Hamnick deal last June. So. Right now, that's the 12th ping-pong ball. If that if that ping-pong ball ever wind up as one of the lucky lottery balls, I mean, that I mean as it is, it's the 12th pick in the draft, not to mention the second-round pick, which I guess would be around the 43rd, 44th pick in the draft. I mean, that's some real big compensation. I'm a big fan of Travis Hamannick. I mean, he's had an okay year for them. Uh, he brings a lot to the table, but... Uh, that is not the scenario the Flames envisioned um, when making that trade last June. So uh, that's an, uh, you know something to keep an eye on. And then finally, we finish up talking about the Western Conference race. Uh, we have uh, you know currently going to Saturday night's action. We have Anaheim as the number one wild card at 89, Colorado at the number two wild card at 88. Anaheim and LA have played the same amount of games. They both have 89 points, but the Kings have a big advantage over over the Ducks in the ROW. San Jose is in second place at 93 points, and then we have uh, so they're not they're not fully clear of those teams. They still have some work to do as well. And then we have Colorado, who ironically their next two games are back-to-back games with Vegas, and then the two teams who could maybe knock out either Anaheim or Colorado. One is St. Louis. That's the more likely of the two. They they actually have a game in hand on Anaheim, and they have a much higher ROW. So if they win that game in hand, even if they win it in, in a shootout, St. Louis would, would be ahead of Anaheim. And St. Louis, like I said, is in Columbus tonight. So that's a big game. Um, St. Louis also plays Colorado one more time. So that's something to look out for. Dallas had a, just a brutal loss. They've lost a lot of one-goal games uh, uh, the last couple of weeks. Last night was another one, and very painful. They they had a 2 nothing lead at home going into the third period, and they wound up giving up three goals. David Pasternak, scores with 12 seconds left in the game. Uh, otherwise, they would have at least gotten overtime and got a point. They're at 84 points, seven games to go. So they are going to have to almost almost run the table. I mean, maybe they can lose one game, but they're going to have to go at least 6-1 and one, uh, during that stretch 
to, to say the least. So uh, Dallas does play both Anaheim and L.A. one more time. Both games are on the road. But um, it, it, it's not looking good for the Dallas Stars, who, who ironically got had a slow start to the season and then were playing pretty much one of the t- better teams in the league the rest of the way, but now are finishing up poorly. So it's going to be, you know, the poor start and the poor finish that looks like is going to be the theme of why they missed the playoffs. So uh, anyway, I think that's going to be it. Um, again, sorry for the for a little bit of a mishap today. Hopefully I was able to steer you with some good points towards the end. Uh, we're working on a guest for next week. Not sure uh, where we're going to go yet, but uh, everyone informed on that on that front. I want to thank Jameson Olive for joining us today. Again, give him a follow on Twitter at Jameson, J-A-M-E-S-O-N, Coop, C-O-O-P. So follow him on Twitter uh, for all the Panther stuff. And Mark mentioned earlier in the show, you can follow the show at the Vegas Hockey Pod. Uh, we're on a Blog Talk Radio. We're on SoundCloud on Russ Cohen's Sportsology page. You can follow Russ at Sportsology, uh, at Sportsology, Sports O-L-O-G-Y. you want to learn about this upcoming draft, go to Russ's page at Sportsology.com. Uh, Russ is a terrific, terrific, terrific writer, terrific guest. We'll hope to have him back on in the near future. All right, so that's it. I'm for Mark. I'm Chris, and uh, we're gone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.